0: Welcome to Five Stripe Weekly, everyone. In this episode, we seek to pull some positives out of a very frustrating loop for Five Stripes fans. And later on, we take a dip into the mailbag to answer your burning questions. All that and more coming up.
1: Welcome to the show, Five Stripe fam. I'm AJ. This is Tanner McLeod. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. You can now also find all our content on the Ginnico USA platform anywhere in the world on Amazon Fire TV, Roku, iOS, Google Play, and many other streaming platforms. So guys, let's first quickly talk about that Monterey match that saw us crash out of the Champions League. We still won
0: on the night. (laughs) Yes,
1: indeed. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was a more positive performance from the five stars for sure. But uh, yeah, it was that lineup that definitely saw LGP get replaced by Jeff Loretowicz in the lineup. Uh, We also saw Mikey Ambrose played on his more natural left wingback position. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think on the night we were a lot better. A little bit more, uh, at least I think uh, we were creating some more chances uh, than we normally do uh at least lately this year and um yeah in, in terms of what they were doing in terms of monterey yes they they parked the bus completely they sat in a low block and they dared us to try to break them down unfortunately yes we lost 3-1 on aggregate uh over the uh this series tie and so yeah it is what it is um but we that positive is that we were the first Team to beat Monterey in this calendar year. So I think at least we have that. Uh, But on a whole, just still not good enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it was frustrating because I think with how that game was going, you could really see how much that last 10 minutes on of Mexico really hurt Atlanta United in this yeah. tie. Because if you can manage to hold it at 1-0, then Wednesday means a whole lot more. I mm-hmm. think in that scenario, Monterrey would have played a bit more as well. They're going to be the best team that Atlanta United plays this year. They mm-hmm. are the most valuable. They can invest whatever they want to. They're in a great city in Mexico. They're one of the biggest teams in Mexico. So it was always going to be a tough chance, a tough challenge, I should say, for Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in those games, sometimes you can make it you know, make it tight. And I think that Atlanta United for as much as they did do, the goal came pretty late when it finally did come. Yep. There were some half chances here and there. Mind you, Monterey, Monterey were playing hashtag crossbar challenge and hit, sure. the, hit the post, tw- hit the crossbar twice in a very crazy string of events right. early in the second half that could have, you know, killed everything. But, you know, the team, they they went for it, maybe a bit too late. Mm-hmm. They changed their shape a few times, four three, three and four two three one kind mm-hmm. of. Those was really promising. Mm-hmm. Um and, and so the, the the team got applauded off the pitch. They got clapped off, rightfully so. They they mm-hmm. played their hearts out. And I think we really were hoping that there'd be some some positives to build upon and to go forward from that match into Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think it's it,
1: yeah. It's a good point, yeah. though. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, in terms of why they were applauded off the pitch, I mean, yes, it was probably in stark sort of contrast to the boos that uh, either the team or Frank DeBoer or whomever heard when uh, it was against Cincy that you know they were booed off the pitch in that sense. And they so, weren't
0: fully booed, but yes, there yeah, were yeah, there
1: birds were out. some boo birds out there. And so, uh, but you know, that spurred the. Uh, spoiled comments from Frank DeBoer that uh, he actually did mention that uh, on an ESPN interview I think with Taylor Twellman over the weekend before the uh, the Cincy match but yeah he did go back on his words about spoiled he was saying yes maybe that was the wrong word usage and that is used to winning
0: used to attacking football i think it was was just like a loss in translation thing, which isn't shocking but still Mm -hmm. word choice not always good (laughs) first impressions are very very long lasting
1: for sure and so yeah it rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way of course but i think uh that's why you know at least in this the applause for this performance yes it was a step in the right direction
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, if they work hard, I think that
1: when you're losing in a
0: situation like that, you just want to see them work hard and give everything for the shirt and for the badge. And I think they did as much as could be expected. The goal itself was very well worked. It mm-hmm. was very very, you know, classy quick play, one two exchanges between Nagby mm-hmm. and jo- uh, Joseph Martinez. That's what you want to see. Yes. A, an
1: attacker that's close to Joseph Martinez that so we can play those combinations, yes. link the up. The finish a was bit. incredible. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. a
0: fantastic finish. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 frustrating, I think, because we'll dig into it more with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, you know, one of those things that was really frustrating about this game is the fact that, yeah, we're, we're, they're the better team, but mm-hmm. we could have put ourselves in a position to do a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have put ourselves in a position to maybe make it a more competitive tie. Yeah. And for talking about giving the Champions League a lot, I don't know, do you feel like we kind of left something out of the table? Because some people are like, yay, we've gone out of the Champions League. Mm -hmm. But you and me, we want to win everything. That's what it is about. I don't know. There's some kind of just not a great taste left in my mouth for the Champions League this season.
1: I agree. I mean, and that's the the main sticking point for me is that, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, this is an extraneous competition or something like that. And uh, I just don't see it that way. I mean, yes, it's our first time in the CCL but that doesn't mean you're not gonna try to win it. And in terms of that, I didn't really see the uh, the prioritization of this competition. And yeah, Frank DeBoer, if he's uh, prioritizing CCL, then he wouldn't have played a very first choice 11 against DC or Cincy. Um, you know, yes, you're trying to get results in all of them, but the issue and large issue is, is that yeah, CCL is the biggest competition that we've yet to be in, and I think you have to, you know, give your honest and best, uh, you know, best effort for it because the issue is, is that it's not guaranteed that you're ever going to be in CCL again. So we kind of played that way, where oh, it's like oh, you know, assuming that we're going to be in this competition in the future. Well. You know, on our current form, if we're gonna go with that, we're not gonna be in anything if it's currently like that, because the way we're playing is not very, uh, very promising that we would be able to, uh, you know, win a big match if this is what it is. But yes, we have to be patient. Yes, but uh, in terms of if we're, you know, playing a Julian Gressel in nearly every single match, um, because yes you know Franco Escobar has not been in the team he's been injured and Franco Boer has mentioned that uh a Franco Escobar is so important in this system and that's why he hasn't played a 4-3-3 uh yeah I mean it's one of those like why would you play Julian Gressel in pretty much nearly every match until he had to sit pretty much because he was injured I mean that's the only point that uh, you know, and so with that type of like all the formations and whatnot, uh, you know, the the issues that we have, uh that fans have, all of that, like it's not anything about the formation or the tactics so far. It's about the philosophy going in. We've been just way, way too passive. We are not aggressive enough in the areas that we need to be, and it it lacks conviction, all of it. We really uh, yeah. The fact that we got out of, uh, and we got bounced out of CCL, that's the major sticking point I have is that why there was panic, why there were people, I think, uh, bore out. I'm not bore out, but there is that mindset of you have to go for it in the competitions that you're, uh, the biggest competitions that you're in because otherwise, I mean, it's just, yeah, this is, this is this is the problem. This is the problem of why we are, uh, you know, where we are right now because we didn't prioritize anything. We prioritized all of it.
0: It's like if you're going to prioritize Champions League, then I can accept having two points in MLS. But we didn't prioritize Champions League, yeah. and we still have two points in MLS. Yeah. And it's just like you know how the team started playing 16th minute on against Monterey, where they mm-hmm. did change shape and start going forward. Why are we not doing that from the kickoff? We're 3-0 down. Like yeah. if you, you get, need a if you it. get a goal, if you go in one-0 at halftime, the tie is on. Yeah. Because if you can come out and get a second goal at any point in time mm-hmm. at 2-0 they're going to be thinking, we need a goal now. and all They're going to be caught between the two minds of, we need a goal now, and also, we can't let them score again. Mm-hmm. And if you got that score to 2-0, that building was going to be bouncing, and Monterey was going to know that we were going for them. But it was, okay, now it's the 60th minute, we have 30 minutes left, now let's go and try to be really aggressive. And right. it's like, I don't, it's the, I don't the, get that.
1: It's handbrake football the entire time, where in that sense, we, we were going out anyway. Essentially, yeah, the, it was we're playing with house money. Why don't you just go for it? If they yeah. score, they score. You're already going to lose anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, you still try to be resolute in the back, but it's one of those things where you you have to go for it and to to play where you don't have enough time to once you score like that's it's just yeah. So that that's really the bone to pick. And in terms of that now, I think a lot of the fans can be more calm because yeah, I mean, what it is now is just it's the patience game now mm-hmm. because really. It's a, you know, yes, there's the playoffs and yes, uh, you know, seven teams can get in. uh, So yes, there's not high urgency and whatnot. Uh, We can see how this plays out, but there is the other aspect of, yeah, it's one and done in terms of the playoffs right now. And so if you get bounced out... (laughs) <laughs> it, you're done. It's one round. That's it.
0: That's what I hate about this.
1: I mean, so it's
0: if, supposed to make your thirty-four game schedule longer, but you could play a whole year and then you play ninety minutes, and now you're done.
1: Exactly. And so if you, it's very you unsatisfying. Know, yeah. And if you're in the four and seven spots, I mean, you're likely not going to, uh, you know, host a match. Well, you're playing at road. home. Yeah. And so if we're persisting with, uh, you know, our form on the road, Shipping so far goals
0: and scoring none.
1: Yeah. It's not exactly reassuring. Yes, we will get better. Hopefully, but as with uh, current form right now, it's not really reassuring.
0: Yeah, speaking of not getting better, unfortunately guys, now it is time to talk about that one one draw with Philadelphia on St. Patrick's Day at the bins. It was more like Cincinnati and less like Monterey. It seemed that the positivity that we had from the change of shape didn't really happen. I don't know what we were doing in the first 30 minutes or so of that game. Uh, yeah
1: I mean it's it's, so it's like this I mean you know what the lineup says is uh, a red herring Almost always. Yeah, uh, but in terms of uh, what came out, it looked like we were uh, packing the midfield with a diamond. But uh, yeah, of course, you, you saw uh, Darlington Nagby on the left wing back position in terms of the lineup scorecard or the lineup mm-hmm. card. But yeah, I mean, it's not the way it played out, of course, and no one would have expected it really. Uh, if it did, then it would have been perplexing. But uh, like I said in the fan cams, it was definitely more like a left wing back optional type of thing. But uh, it was—it made sense in a sense because, uh, yeah, the Philadelphia Union's their right side in terms of any sort of attack wasn't really there, so they pretty much eschewed that left side and said, okay, if you know they were going to attack, then we will rotate out there. But if we, you know, don't see any any uh, any sort of action down on this side, then okay, you know, no big deal. We're gonna continue to try to pack the middle uh, in the diamond. But the issue is, is that it's very reactive and not yes. very proactive.
0: And, and, and Frank Navor kind of touched on this a little bit where he talked about knowing that they were gonna play Minfield diamond, obviously. So he counters it so that they can't play through the middle. But he also talks about knowing that, that that they would want us to play through the middle. So we ended up playing through the middle. I don't understand. My vert, my philosophy of football, and I use that word. Um, I don't understand, it, It's it's attack. And maybe that comes from me being a Man United fan, but also from being an Atlanta United fan so far. Mm-hmm. You can be proactive and attack without having the ball. Now, within this system, we're gonna have the ball, except that possession, they wanna keep the ball. But you can be proactive with that possession, like Barcelona, you can go at people. Or you can be reactive and be like, okay, what is it? how can we stop the other team? We're better than everyone else. I don't give a toss about what Philadelphia or Cincinnati or D.C. can do. Make them react to us. Yep. That's what happened in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was proactive even though we dropped off and let other teams have the ball. We knew the best way for us to score goals is by using our space, our speed, and we can create and score and transition and on the break better than anyone else. So how do we do that? by letting the other team come up, get comfortable, get out of their positions, and then when we get the ball, we go at them. Philadelphia was playing with a really high line at times. Why Why were we waiting and then playing the ball over the top after they had sat deep? Why weren't we playing it early? Why weren't we taking advantage of the space on the wings? Because their whole team's in the middle of the flipping park. Why don't we say, okay, they're packing the middle. That's fine. We'll put three guys there just to stop them. And now we're going to go down the wings. The wingers stay wide. Fullbacks overlap. They don't have people out there. Mm -hmm. They cannot defend spaces out there.
1: Why didn't we attack those areas? And then it opens up the middle. And then then the middle is open up.
0: Because then then you force them to pull apart. You force those midfielders to come out into spaces where they're not comfortable. And now you have your space in the middle. And the goal did come from a run from midfield and barco and it yep. was a good goal but we don't have enough of that yep. you need to have guys from midfield arriving late getting into the box to score overwhelming the other team with numbers right now it's maybe 3 guys and joseph being marked by the entire team yep. and i don't understand why we're so worried about what everyone else is going to do when we are better than everyone else make them adapt to us especially True. especially at home
1: and especially against a philadelphia union team that uh, has been susceptible at the back and so, you know, for us to really only get one off of them, when the other previous teams that played them have scored some goals. Yeah. Uh, yes, there is a fatigue factor. There is a yes. Uh, a lot of fixtures factor, but you know, I think with that though, you still try to set up your team to, you know, really uh, be proactive and really, uh, you know, attack their weaknesses first before then you know really trying to oh but they might do this and so we have to make sure we you know don't let this happen yada 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 I mean it, that, that's really the the main problem there but um you know I think give credit where credit is due with yes. Frank Boer, he did bring on Ezekiel Barco and yes. it was definitely an instant impact yes uh he changed the changed the game Completely. Um, Well, maybe not completely, but at least when he came on. And, uh, you know, but there was still that disconnect after the goal because he was not as vertical as he was when he had first come on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe that's tired legs. Maybe that's just reverting back to what he's used to. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely always kind of going a little bit more horizontal than vertical. Um, Yeah, he's predictable in his movement where he's always probably going to cut inside on his right and uh yeah he's probably gonna spray that ball over to the right side where julian gressel is or whomever is waiting over there and yeah i mean it's just it's all just a little too predictable
0: and again i don't philadelphia came in and they would have gone okay we don't have two our two top summer sign or winter signings whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. and they had a 18 year old who was their best player yeah. um and they're coming in thinking if we get a point that's a good result
1: right and then 30 and minutes passed. 30 minutes passed. No shots. No shots. Yeah. Nothing.
0: Atlanta created, what, two chances? Joseph's bicycle kick, and then I guess he hit the crossbar one time. Right, and that's and technically that's, not a chance. not a chance. And then the actual goal. And then the actual the goal. Board. So Atlanta had, had 70% of the possession and created a lot of piss all. And it's like, why are we worried about a team that's just worried about not losing? Yeah. If they come in worried about not losing... Why are we not coming in with the attitude of, we're going to make sure we win? Yeah. And maybe, mm-hmm. again, they are tired. Mm-hmm. But for me, it would have been a zero-point situation for Atlanta mm-hmm. United if it wasn't for the revelation that has become Miles Robinson. Yeah, Because absolutely. we cannot talk He's- about this Philadelphia game or that Monterey game mm-hmm. without talking about Miles Robinson. Exactly. He has been an absolute rock. He controlled Funes Mori, the right one, mm-hmm. the right one. You know Rogelios, word, yes. And he absolutely bossed everything. In mm-hmm. this game against Philadelphia, yeah, physically you can't get him off the ball. Yeah, you know, ta- tactically he seems to be in the right place every single time, and technically he's controlling the ball, passing it around, dribbling pe- past people, getting people on the half. And turn. he saved
1: one off the goal line. And he line. saved
0: one off the goal line.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah he he has been immense, and yeah he's definitely been uh, our most valuable player so far this season because yeah in terms of our attack it really hasn't connected yet. So I mean really uh, yeah it's been Miles Robinson who has really held together the, uh, the back line, the team, the, yeah, the I mean. progression
0: from the first game where he was lost at sea to now is night and day. Sure. I mean, right now, he's one of the best defenders in MLS on this form. Sure. Can he keep that up and establish himself as one of the best let's defenders hope so, in MLS? For sure. Let's hope so. But mm-hmm. right now, he is playing the best football of his life. Yeah. And we really need that right now. Yeah.
1: And, uh, but let's speak about uh, maybe something that was uh, interesting during the match as well was uh, Parkey playing, you know, right after the half, he was playing essentially left wing back or left back. Uh, yes, perplexing. Was he beat? Not really, but he wasn't really bringing a ton forward. Yes, he did, uh, you know, bring the pass forward so that, uh, yeah, Joseph Martinez hit the crossbar, but I think pretty obviously that, that's why he was, uh, subbed off is, yeah, it's not quite exactly what we need on the left side. And so it is perplexing why he wasn't subbed off at the half to begin with yeah, and kept on. It's strange. But uh, yeah, and then you saw, yeah, I mean, Breck Shea, when he came on, it wasn't exactly, you know, people weren't thrilled. There were some, you know, a little bit of boo birds there as well. Uh, don't yes, boo our own players. Yeah, I have no
0: problem booing it full time if we play badly, but yeah. never boo our own players.
1: Yeah, right never. before they come on. Ever. Because do you think they're going to really give that much for you if you, you boo them? Yeah, like that. What's ne- the point? Never,
0: never, just <laughs> never. For whatever the situation is, can we please just never boo our own players
1: or at the players on social media? and yes, just kind trash of dumb, them. Or like, that's dumb. Know, like yeah, they played
0: badly, but you think say they, they know they played badly. They don't need you saying I'm going to do something stupid to you. Like why? Like don't yeah. do that. Don't don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't don't be that guy. But he came on, tried. Did Shea
1: things? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's about yeah, all you can cr- say. Yeah, exactly. Crosses that were maybe a little bit, were maybe too high, overcooked, um, anything like that. It was pretty much, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't vintage uh-huh, if you will. What but is vintage Breche? We, we, you know, we haven't seen that obviously, <laughs> but uh, you know, some some team has. Uh, but you know, in terms of that, uh, yeah, it's like you know, um, in terms of Barco, you know, let's get back to that positive. Uh, that one moment where he was able to win that header, the shortest guy on the pitch wins that header, scores gets, a goal. Yeah, a scores header? a goal. What? I mean, this is—it's like, you know—is this the Twilight Zone? Like, it's—it's it's crazy because, yeah, I mean, uh, but that's that run that we need. We need that run that ghosted in that third man run, and you know, I mean, a five-six guy can uh, can sneak in there. That's exactly what it is. Like, that's being aggressive that is uh, attacking the six I mean that's what you need to do so uh, and then also yeah that means Julian Gressel gets another assist. I mean dude has been just ridiculous uh, and we'll get to him in in the news but uh, yeah I mean it's just he gets just you know more more stats more stats uh, on a guy that's on very very low wage. So. I mean
0: if you want if Robinson can keep up this pace uh, that yeah. first draft class. Pretty good.
1: Pretty good, man. Pretty That's good. That 2017 super Drive, mm-hmm. But uh, let's get to the post-match uh, and the quotes and some interesting things that were said because a lot of interesting things were said. But uh, yeah, I mean, Frank de Boer did mention about 1-1 being a disappointing result. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's proud of the team for strengthening the back and yeah, trying to force uh their way into getting that winning goal okay you know uh and yes they were tired uh yeah but you know i think he said they deserve a couple days off after this i agree i mean it's they've a lot of the players deserved some uh, rest uh, during this 24 day stretch where we played five games anyway but that's a whole other thing um and he talked about pt martinez and how, yeah, you know, it wasn't maybe his best game. He's trying to get used to a lot of things: new country, new teammates, a new team, of course, and maybe the turf, which is an interesting comment. Yes, he hasn't played on turf yet, but I think it's one of those like you, you're going to hear a lot of Frank de give gives these yeah these little little excuses that are just strange, like i.e. Uh, a breche in uh, the height and the turf, like. Uh, I didn't really, you know, I didn't know what he was on about on that one either. But, uh, yeah, he knows that PT is a fantastic and quality player. So, yeah, I mean, we all should be patient with him. Yes, agreed. Um, But uh, moving on, he also talked about Tito Villalba. And, I mean, a little bit about uh, him. I'm going to read this one because it's uh, quite interesting here. So he said, quote, he brings some other dimension to the team, especially some depth to the team, with his running, with also his unpredictable actions sometimes, and I think he did well. He was very good in his discipline playing the midfield when he had to. I already gave him a good compliment, of course. You want him to be more decisive for the team, but still, I think he did quite well. The way I read that is That's a Jose Mourinho quote. Yeah, there there's a lot of backhanded compliments in this. But uh yeah, I, I think, you know, for Tito Villalba, he has played uh pretty I think, you know, decently well in, in terms of, you know, willing to make those runs in this match and you know, always with his work rate. Yeah, I mean, yes, is he not as, uh, you know, are uh, the, the passes as crisp as they need to be? or the touches as crisp as they need to be? He hasn't really had the the matches to get that either. So it's kind of twofold with that. But uh, I mean, it just seems like what Frank DeBoer was saying, it was a little backhanded compliment a little bit with, uh, you know, unpredictable actions. Uh, Depth yeah. was an interesting word choice. Didn't yeah. know
0: we had to think.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. And then. You know, that I gave him a good compliment already. It's like... Why do you need uh, to tell us that? Yeah, it's it's, it's just a bit strange, uh, the wording. And I realized, yes, this is maybe his fourth or fifth language. Yes, he is, uh, you know, very well spoken in that degree. But, I mean, I think it's just... You, there's some things to read in between the lines sometimes. And I think it's just either Dutchisms, Practaborisms, or... Vangolisms? Vangolism, who knows? But, all right, but uh, let's get to also, um, yeah, you know, he also talked about, or I think, uh, yeah, Brad Kuzan talked about Miles Robinson's play. And, yeah, I mean, you know, this this dude has been excellent uh, the, just the entire season. He's acknowledged that. He gave him some huge dap in, uh, when he made a save. Uh, cleared think, off the line. Yeah, yeah, cleared off the line. It was, yeah, I mean, well-deserved for sure. I think
0: he gave it to him a couple times and he, like, physically just you know, move someone out of the way yeah. or just shielded the ball out of play. Like he had some really good moments and Greg yeah. Zane was very, very impressed with him.
1: Yeah, he was. And uh yeah, I mean, you know, I think some of the biggest cheers in the match were for when uh Miles Robinson made a save or uh made a tackle, you know, bossed someone off of a ball. I mean it's just yeah, I mean he he has been the most exciting thing in uh in a kind of attack that's bereft of you know, a lot of things going on, but uh, yeah, also uh, Brad Guzan talked about the team being frustrated right now. And so I'm going to read this quote. Uh, Frustration is certainly there. That's pretty obvious. Something isn't clicking the way it did last year. That's on us as a group to find that and figure that and figure it out. That's part of it to a certain extent. We knew going into the season that it wasn't going to be easy. So we have to use these next two weeks to improve and make sure we are ready to go against Columbus. Yeah, I mean, essentially, um, that's what hopefully this international break can do for the the team in that not only the you know the rest and you know re- rehabilitation and all of that, but I think uh, you know hopefully the uh, you know the mindset kind of ch- changes and turns into being a just I think. Being more confident, being more convicted in their actions. If you're going to take a shot, take a shot, believing that you're going to score. Uh, you know, make that pass, believing that you're going to make the the most beautiful pass that you just uh, that you've ever made. And yeah, I mean, it's just it, there needs to be that impetus that we've lacked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean. He talked about before, not not in this press conference, but about needing time for training and mm-hmm. being able to do 11 v 11 to help teach his system. It's not ideal, because obviously you'd lose some of your most important players in Tito, mm-hmm. Joseph, and PT. But, I mean, you still get that time with the rest of your team. If you can sort out everything else, the midfield, the defense, to where this is how they move the ball to get the ball forward quicker, I trust that Joseph and PT can just come back in and it's like, okay, everything behind us is a little bit better now, which then in turn frees them up to do what they're best at. Because PT is one of those guys where he's an artist. He just kind of does things off the cuff. He does them. He has these moments and his brain just thinks a certain way and he creates his moments of magic. Yeah. He just needs the ball and to be in a good place with people around him to help him create those things. Hopefully these are things that can happen over training over the next two weeks, which I think are really important. A, Mm -hmm. the players need rest. Mm -hmm. B, He's asked for time with the system. Here's some time. Come out against Columbus and give us a better performance because if you don't, that's when I think you'll really start having more people get frustrated. And I think it's definitely gonna be a long haul thing. People need to accept that. But fans still have the right to be frustrated if they're not seeing progress. And I think that's one of the biggest issues right now is that the fans aren't seeing the progress. And Mm -hmm. again, it takes time. Mm -hmm but these players are better than what they're playing right now and I think in terms of what the state of Frank DeBoer in Atlanta is mm-hmm. right now, it's a very interesting place as we kind of come to the close of say maybe the the, the chapter one of this season because mm-hmm. now you, you've had these seven games, you've, you're out of the Champions League, mm-hmm. you know, you're three games into MLS, what kind of team are you? I don't right. think they really know yet.
1: And that moves us to, you kind of alluded to it, our new segment called State of DeBoer. And so, yeah, I mean, we're going to assess some of the fan sentiment, the team sentiment, and, yeah, uh, our sentiment, really, as well. So, in terms of that, I mean, yeah, the the fan sentiment is pretty divisive. Uh, you have, you know, the, the uh, you know, FDB out. You have the people that are, you know, we need to preach patience and uh, really make sure that we give uh, Fractobor enough time. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's somewhere in between for us where, you know, you see the frustration because of his history, because of stubbornness. But, you know, the fact is, is that, yes, he has in the last two matches, he's changed not only formation, but tactics and personnel. Uh, So he hasn't persisted with the, you know, the exact same um, things that have been kind of plaguing us in the, the earlier matches, but I think when you see what something has, when something has gone well, and then maybe straying away from it, because when we played the four-three-three or four-two-three-one against Monterey, and we look very good doing it, a.k.a. having someone closer to Jose Martinez, uh, so they can link him up and give him more service, uh, and then you know, really, I think the uh, impetus to attack during the last thirty minutes against Monterey was definitely there. And then, yeah, you see a fairly flat performance from uh, from the Five Stripes against Philadelphia Union. Yeah, and, and
0: I, th- I think that plays right into the player sentiment of things, yeah. which is that They're clearly just as frustrated as the fans, Mm -hmm. which kind of goes back to the, why are we booing them? They know. They see it. Joseph looks pissed. LGP looks pissed. These players are really frustrated. They are athletes. (laughs) They've been here. A lot of them, you have heard them write and talk about how important the fan base in this city is to them. Mm -hmm. You think they forgot that all of a sudden? They they know what they have to do. They want to win for the badge. They put a star on it. They want to put a second one there. Mm-hmm. They don't they haven't lost that competitive fire. They are frustrated. They want to play better. Brad Kazan talked about that in the quote we had earlier. Right. So, I think they're frustrated. I think for them and Frank Deboer it's both patience, hard work and and just with Frank DeBoer having a bit of a backbone and not in a bad way because I have to accuse him of being stubborn mm-hmm. but he has to believe in what he's doing I mean mm-hmm. talking about playing PT Martinez because it's the first game of the season and the fans want to see him I don't care about me I know that sounds crazy you're the manager make the decision have the backbone that says I'm making this decision because this is the best decision that can help us win right at the end of the day We do this because this is our platform. We want to talk about this. But for managers, they need to make the decision without the outside noise. He needs to be in his office going, what is the best way for Atlanta United to win? If he believes it is a certain way, he needs to do it that way. Mm -hmm. But if he's going to do it that way, he needs to make sure and make damn well sure that it works and the fans can see it. Because if it doesn't work, that's when we're going to sit here going, what are you doing? Yeah. So I think that's the other thing. And the players sit there every single day. And if it's not working for the players,
1: the players are going to look at him and go, what are we doing? Yeah. There's going to be unrest when that happens for sure from the, uh, the players as well. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of that, you know, uh, there was a very interesting little... Uh, because, yes, there has been, you know, in terms of the panic meter, it has been risen a little bit. And, yeah, definitely... People at MLS have even noticed. So big ups to Kaelin Carr and Susanna Collins. Yeah, of uh this week in MLS because yeah, they uh they shouted us out on their episode last week. So uh go check them out on their MLS YouTube channel. But they pretty much are yeah, seeing that you know, not only our platform, but you know, other platforms as well, talking about Atlanta United. Yes, there is a little bit of unrest with the fans, but yeah, you should also head over there if you want to see, you know, what uh, kind of the uh, the side of MLS is thinking about. Yeah, maybe an unbiased guided. side.
0: Or if there's other, if you sure. if you have a craving for MLS knowledge and want to see more stuff about the league, those yeah. are your people as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah in terms of the panic meter it's it's getting up there and i think that now now that's just mls maybe we can dial it back a little bit mm-hmm. and just see and trust the process maybe, right. and see how this team grows and how they can progress but if things don't change and things don't keep getting better then those angry voices are going to keep getting louder and louder and those people who are maybe in the middle and not frank Debore out but also not we must support and protect forever and ever mm-hmm. they're going to start going over to one side or the other and Again, it's 7 games into the season. It's what he had, I believe, at Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. But but he was not he it,
1: was not in Champions League. He was not in so Champions that's, League. That's the biggest. He didn't have to play two matches every there.
0: week off the get-go. He wasn't there there yes. he has he does have excuses that are valid. Sure. That yeah. are valid. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day is come out against Columbus, play a damn good game, get 3 points mm-hmm. and get us rolling in the right direction. Yeah. Because 3 games in, still no win.
1: Yeah, exactly, and so, uh, yeah. In in terms of yeah, there's a lot of drop points here, and there's a lot of points that we need to make up, or you know, just try to k- kind of get uh, where we should be because we are. Kind of level on points with a certain someone, and uh, it's not not good. Let's not good. I don't Um, need any
0: more nuts in my
1: bag. (laughs) Exactly. So let's get into the news. And a lot of our players have gone on international duty, as we've alluded to. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jose Martinez is off with Venezuela. He's got a match on March 22nd against Argentina, and that is against. you know, most likely, if he plays at all, uh, PT Although Martinez. There's
0: Messi who yeah, does play as
1: exactly. well. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he might see a little bit of time, but I think it might do a world of good for PT Martinez to uh, kind of get a break, get some familiar surroundings, or at least some familiar players around him, and kind of get some perspective about, uh, you know, being just a, you know, making a big move to a team and you're the. Either high salary or high transfer fee, or you know, so it might be uh, really good and refreshing for PT Martinez. Yeah.
0: And they're playing actually. I mean, they're playing it. They're doing it big. They're playing at this Estadio or Wanda Metropolitana, if yeah. you want to call it that, uh-huh. um, where Atletico Madrid play. Which, the last time Argentina played in Spain, it did not go well for them. That was in a World Cup uh, warm-up. They got housed by Spain. So, yeah. interesting that it's in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stinks. They have to fly over there and get that whole jet lag thing going on. Right. But, yeah, I mean... Well, yeah, Messi can just stay there. Messi can yeah, just great. stay there. I mean, they're probably being like, hey, Messi, you want to do it in Spain? are probably does, just yeah. like... See. So yeah, so we have that. Also we have Tito Vijalba getting to play with Paraguay, Mm -hmm. teaming up with a former five stripe Miguel Almiron, I imagine. Indeed, indeed. So we'll see (laughs) if those two can do anything. They have two matches, one on the twenty second as well against Peru, and another on the twenty-sixth against Mexico.
1: Right. And uh, to also know PT has two matches as well. Uh, and Joseph only has one, so that's good. Maybe he uh, just
0: doesn't play at all. I'm honestly fine with that. If he just wants to travel around, see his buds, he's going to play, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what it is.
1: But, uh, and then also Andrew Carlton made the U-20s uh, for the U.S. men's national team. So I think he has already made his way already. I saw on his uh, IG story uh, that he was already at the airport. So, yeah, uh, I mean, in terms of that, you know, it's uh, it's good on all of them. Hopefully they all come back healthy but uh, I think it's still, it's a lot of guys in attack that are going away. And so it is a little bit of a thing where, yeah, in terms of Frank DeBoer and how much he can really implement uh, what he's wanting to do and to make, you know, the players in the attack kind of, uh, you know, think quicker, act quicker. Um, it may not be there for that Columbus match, actually. I, I, you know, I think we might have to actually think past that, but is what it is let's move on into Gressel where uh yeah there was a nice article from Charles Boehm on mlssoccer.com talking about yeah uh Gressel pretty much playing like a DP but you know not being paid like one I mean he has been pretty prolific uh and yeah we talked about that that super draft class now with uh, Miles Robinson really showing out. But Gressel, I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost like a matter of time, really, that if uh, he a German club paid. yeah, comes for him. He needs to him. get paid.
0: And if a German club comes for him... Godspeed. I wish him nothing but the best over there, but I would much prefer him to stay here because yeah. he could wear the armband here. Yeah. And again, if those stupid MLS rules that Darren Eels kind of referred to last week changed and we could pay him what he deserved, we would pay him what he wanted because, again, he deserves it. Yeah. And he's got his 25th assist in 68 games. Yeah. I mean, what else do you want from the guy? He can play wherever the hell you put him on the pitch. He's mm-hmm. always going to get you an assist. He's got a wicked cross. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an incredible player. And... He's definitely a guy that if he can keep improving, especially on the technical side of things, he's probably going to be playing for a Bundesliga outfit at some point in time.
1: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't doubt that. But, uh, yeah, let's move on into, uh, is this a father of the
0: year? People who can do everything. Speaking (laughs) of people who can do everything, this guy.
1: This dude is a father of the year candidate, I think. Uh, Because, yeah, I mean, this fellow, he, yeah, I mean, he's probably the most clever dad in Five Stripes, uh, in the Five Stripe fam, for sure. Because, yeah, I mean, the way he has the uh just you know the the kid still gets to watch the cartoons or whatever the kid is watching and he gets to watch his five stripes and yeah i mean it's like why not like you it's just clever man yeah
0: although to be fair (laughs) the cartoons may have been more interesting than that
1: match so probably unfortunately but uh anyway that's it for the news let's move on to the mailbag you guys send these questions through ig story please continue to do so and we might answer your question in the future First question comes from Fitchercan 69 Why was Parker's playing left wing to start the second half? I think we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I think it's pretty much because, yeah, I think they were trying to make sure that we had a little bit more uh, on the left side because they recognized probably that uh, we could attack them on the wings. But all of a sudden you know it's just why he wasn't Him? taken off again yeah just yeah. like
0: why not just put breck on a halftime or mikey ambrose on a yeah. half time because it
1: was very quickly after that he was replaced i, mean, so. I
0: think it was like the 56th minute or 58 yeah. somewhere in the mid to late 50s and it's right. just like why even do that yeah he's i mean it was okay. perplexing
1: that uh, Mikey Ambrose didn't even start this match. Yes, he had played on Wednesday, and maybe he lacks a little bit of match fitness. Maybe he played wasn't well proving. Yeah, so... maybe he wasn't proving to Frank DeBoer that you know he should be the starter or something. I don't know. Played whatever that everyone
0: else has in that position so far this season. Yeah. So,
1: so I mean, it's one of those like uh, in terms of why he's playing there. Who knows? You know, it's uh that's one of the major questions that we had, and uh, that we continue to have just perplexing decisions in game, but. Next question comes from Keaton Thomas, 61. Besides Miles, who do you see being the next player to step up and make a big impact?
0: I think it's Ezekiel Barco for me. I really think that if he can just, he's improved every performance. He had a great goal. Shows some bravery going for that header as well, because he doesn't really ever go for those. Mm-hmm. If he could just be a little bit quicker in decision making, learn that he can go down the outside and down the wing, and that mm-hmm. makes him less predictable. If he could just learn, you're seeing these bits and flashes here mm-hmm. and there that It's like, okay, he's making these surging runs now. He's trying to combine a little bit with Joseph. If he can just keep improving and working hard, I can really see where he can start developing Mm -hmm. and playing the talent that we paid for and that people kind of expect from him. And I think he knows he has to prove that as well because last season was very disappointing. And in the soccer world, if you're a hot prospect and you don't do anything... Your meter can cool off pretty quickly. So he knows he has to put out some performances. And and I I back him. I really want to see him do well. I back him to succeed for us. Exactly. And
1: yeah, he's shown his work rate as well this season. Where, yeah, I mean, he's running around like a madman. Which is good. But you also don't want to just, like, you know, waste your energy. You also want to be smart with that. But uh, I think, you know, doing that, though, he has endeared himself to uh, a lot more of the the fans. Yes, uh, not everyone has... Loved Ezekiel Barco, uh, but I think he is definitely you know making strides and he's yeah, he's showing a lot more this season for sure. Next question comes from Nichols Odian. When fully healthy, what is the best formation for this team?
0: I Ooh. have no idea. It's a uh, it's not 3-4-3? Three, three?
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know it, it might be a case where if we do persist with 3-4-3, three, three, it's again, it's not just about the shape. It's about the philosophy. And, so, and the
0: players to a degree, because I think yeah. the biggest issue on this team is that your left back or left wing back spot, I think that's probably mm-hmm. your biggest weakness on mm-hmm. a whole in terms of like where the quality is for the rest of the team. Sure. You don't want to bring in anyone mm-hmm. super talented because you're trying to eventually develop George Bellow. Reb. But Breck Shea is not really going to be that guy for, I don't think. Mikey Ambrose is going to be serviceable. Mm-hmm. And you'd like to see Bellow be able to develop and come on later, but I yeah. personally think he should just Play as many minutes as he can at ATL UTD2 this season. They seem to be doing better and kind of have more of a philosophy of how they want to play. And I think that yeah. could be really helpful because again, he's he's 17, he, yep. he's 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 a young guy. So mm-hmm. I'm not expecting him to come in and be banging out first team minutes sure. at a top level. Yeah,
1: but in terms of the best formation, but how do you yeah. fit?
0: How do you play a back four if you don't have a left back?
1: Yeah, you know that's a yeah. big question. Exactly. And right now, yeah, our best uh, in terms of width is. uh with wing backs, essentially, because, yeah, Julian Gressel, yeah, I mean, he can play in central midfield as he's shown in the playoffs. He wasn't as effective, but he definitely can play there. I think you just maybe take a hit on what he can provide. So, okay, then if you take all that into account, I mean, what's best for the team, maybe it is a Julian Gressel coming inside. And so, you know, maybe it is a, a Franco Escobar playing right back and, you know, you have Mikey Ambrose or whomever steps up uh, playing left back. And then so you can play a four-man back line. Uh, Julian Gressel is one of the center mids. Uh, Rometty or Lorenowitz. Uh, Nagby also has a central mid. And then, you know, you have that attack with PT, Joseph, Embarco, or Tito. And so I think in that, you have some balance. You have a little bit of dynamic. And, yeah, it, it still fits in a lot of the best players in terms of, yeah, I guess... The biggest question there now is center backs. I mean, it's got to be, I think... Robinson and, and LGB Yeah, because you can see that, yeah, you have that little bit of balance. You have the swashbuckling uh, center back that loves to play on the ball, and then you have the more secure, uh, kind of more defensive center back that can uh, really boss guys off the pitch whatever he wants to do oh there's
0: the ball and there's a person around me they're not gonna get it right like aloha
1: just put his arm up it's just like
0: you're you're not getting past me like or just jump over them you're not like he's just an absolute
1: unit right now yeah and as miles robinson continues to improve his distribution then i think you know that's probably our best shape and lineup whether that can yield the results that's yet to be seen because it's about the philosophy again not just the tactics and the formation they have to be convicted in what they're wanting to do on the pitch. They have to believe that they're going to just beat you instead of... They have you know, to believe that
0: the way yeah. they're being told to play the game is going to help
1: them yeah. beat the
0: other team in front right. of them. And if so, they don't, oh, not good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, next question comes from Eduardo V. 14 Do you see Escobar playing right wing back or playing center back? Both. Yeah, I mean, he has shown that he's really, really good at both in terms of uh, right center back, at least. And uh, he hasn't played in a two-man center back, uh, you know, combo. But uh, in terms of right wing back, yeah, he showed his gall, his uh, quality in the postseason for sure. Um, And yeah, as a right back as well, I mean, maybe not as secure, but he has been uh, able to show at least... Uh, more than any any guy that we have in our system for sure as a right back but I think also keep in uh, you know keep in your back pocket maybe a John Gallagher who has been making strides at LAI I2 uh, who has shown out really well uh, at least in the first couple of games so you know the depth that we don't have maybe is actually showing its head at this point so um, next question comes from Matsanine or Matsasine? I think Matsasine. Yeah, here we go. And so uh, the question is DeBoer out or nah? Nah. Yeah. Nah. It's one of those things where at this point, because we are out of CCL, that urgency to make sure that we are uh, winning the matches that we need to, it's kind of, you know, yes, we, we are a team that, uh, yeah, should be and we want to be winning. At just every match that we can, of course, and, uh, you know, when we aren't, of course, it's upsetting, but I think it's one of those things where, yeah, now, now we'll just it's it a
0: game. Yeah, just play patience, because, give them
1: time. Yeah, I mean, yes, the whole playoffs thing, yes, if you get bounced out really early, but I think at this point, it's not really the most healthy thing for this club to move out a head coach Mid season, if uh, if it's slightly working, you know, yeah, if it's yeah. not working completely, then we can revisit this conversation.
0: I think the only way I think Atlanta fans need to get comfortable with the idea that he's going to be here the whole season, bar something disastrous happening. If we just start losing every single match and they're hopeless or loses the dressing room, that's a different story. Right. But if he can keep the dressing room and can keep improving, then that's what's going to happen. He's going to be here. So it might be frustrating, but for us. You have to be hopeful that the positive result will be
1: come August, come September, this team's going to know how the hell it wants to play, and it's going to start playing some beautiful
0: football and mopping the floor with teams. Okay. And if suffering and struggling in April, March, April, and May means that you're absolutely destroying kids moving into the playoffs, and you've moved into a strong position where you're going to have home playoff games, I think all of us can deal with that. Last year, if people want to point to the Toronto thing, they went all the way to the final, and they put all their be- their eggs in that basket and it didn't work. And then they had injuries and they couldn't catch up. Alien editor not in that position. It's a, yep. different, it's a different situation now. So now, as frustrating as it's gonna be, and you're gonna hear me bitch about it, you're gonna hear Dev bitch about it, you're gonna hear him bitch about it, if we play badly, cause that's what we do. That's what as fans we do, we want mm. them to win. But, as long as it gets us in the right direction, that's what's about growth and building and evolving. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can do that.
1: Yeah. And again, he's brought in here for kind of bigger picture as well to grow the kids, to sell these, uh, you know, young players and prospects on. So, you know, he's on a four-year deal. It's,
0: I mean. he needs to succeed here. Like, if he does not succeed here, he's never getting a top level management job again in his life. Like, think about that. So it's not that he just wants to come in here, he thinks he knows that he's arrogant, everything is his way or the highway. And then, you know, if it doesn't work out, whatever. Yeah. If he doesn't win and if he doesn't succeed at Atlanta United, his management career is done. So he needs to win here. So it's our job, is even though it's frustrating and boring, to back them, back the players, not boo them, not get on their social medias and say they suck. Say, you know, go out there and wish them the best and keep supporting them like we've always done in the best of times. Because it's what you do in your struggling points that really define you as a club. We're struggling a little bit right now. Yep. Let's see where we go
1: yeah uh well said well said man and uh last question comes from carson atl hawks 26 tanner what is something atlanta united related that you want for your birthday and also happy birthday to tanner this guy what a legend and so yes uh you know write all in the comments below happy birthday to tanner but what what, what would you want what would you uh want for, your birthday? for us to win a
0: fucking game <laughs> That would be great. That would be nice. That would be nice, Carson, is if we could beat Columbus. I'll ask for that. Beating Columbus when we come out of the international break. Yeah. Over PC Martinez and sort himself out. That's a,
1: man, that's a far-reaching birthday present, man. That's like... I, it's, reason, it's a yeah. deposit yeah. from the future, because
0: sure. I can't yeah. have it right now. Yeah. I mean, in terms sure. of what can I have from Atlanta United right now. Yeah. You're investing
1: in the future. I'm investing
0: in the future. Sure, okay. <laughs> I'm investing in the future. I'm saying I'd like a win in the future. Now, as far as anything else is concerned, say, like, Man United, for example, Uh, that we beat Barcelona in the Champions League, but that won't happen. Moving on.
1: Yes, to the question of the day, what do we got?
0: My question of the day, guys, to you is, how has your outlook changed for Atlanta United this season, having seen what we've seen so far? Has it changed? Do you still think we're going to do well now that we're out of the Champions League? Does that change what your goals are for the season dramatically? Down in the comments below and let us know what you guys think.
1: And guys, that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already, share this episode, and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. And for Tanner, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.